Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello from Philippa at the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Now more than ever, people are often turning to a book to provide them with a great escape, and they usually get asked, which book should I read next? There are so many to choose from. Well, help is at hand. The QuickBook Reviews podcast does what it says on the tin. It gives you some quick book reviews. You can tell how long it took me to come up with that market-leading title. Well done, me. And it covers all sorts of different books you might be interested in. And, hopefully, a happy half hour with me chatting about life, cups of tea, biscuits and books. Lots of books. From crime to thriller to general fiction, audiobooks, even children's books. If I think it's good, I'll want to tell you about it. And if I'm not such a fan, I'll tell you that too. It's not about literature or fine arts. It's just about finding a good read that makes you want to keep turning the pages. Finding books that deliver a great ending. Fancy a listen? Download the Quick Book Reviews podcast and see what you think. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, Anna. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Middle East. I'm the correlation that is not causation, that is also known as Royfield Brown. And with me are the post hoc ergo prompter hoc that is. Kerry Warbis. And this week's gin fueled bust up is. Peter Fickling. Woo, it's the gang, we're all back. This <laughs> week's Dumpty Dum is from the cast of The Archers. You know what, Kerry? Yeah. I think our lawyers need to speak to the lawyers down at the BBC because that's our shtick, isn't it? It is. They've nicked it right royally. But it was quite sweet. Well, you know, I'm still seething 
I'm still seething, you know. I, Fuming. Absolutely. But Kerry, if somebody would like to do another version of that popular um, intro for our favourite docudrama, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105. Leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send a text message starting with DUM to 077-862-00690. Thanks to Yokel Bear and Millie Bell, our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices and to Lucy V. Freeman. On this week's episode, we have views from Mia, Francesca, Elsa, Laura Jackson. Oh, she's in Arizona, don't you know? Vicky Cole, who's all the way in Sri Lanka. Uh, Claire Asprey, who's in Luton. Uh, Laura, Jack and Beth. But you know what, folks? Uh, we decided to change things up and we now have a new section, which is called This Week's Burning Issue. How has lockdown Ambridge compared to your experience in isolation? Is it in contrast to the experience you've had with your friends and family? Mm, Kerry Warbis, I feel you might be exercised on this matter. Why don't you go first? Yeah, I mean, it it occurred to me whilst I was listening to this week's episodes that um, my experience of lockdown has been, and my friends and family, is that... Um, we it's made us really appreciate the simple things in life and each other really in each other's company virtually and so on whereas in contrast to that i think that in ambridge that doesn't seem to be happening really and there seem to be a series of of carpings and bickerings going on between people and not much of a reflection about how covid is highlighting to them the positive aspects of their lives mm. uh, what do you reckon peter as as lockdown made you appreciate wiping the little one's backside even more you know this kind of simple things you know smelly nappies you know interrupted sleep those are the simple pleasures of life have you appreciated them more when you've been isolated from the rest of humanity well, a new feature in middle of new feature, um, Cyrus's bottom. Um, he did a massive one today. It was very unpleasant. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps relaxing into the kind of the sort of slightly more misanthropic, angry listener role that has been, you know, to gain popularity. Uh, I got quite bored this week, and and I think part of it is due to the sort of discordance between you know, our life and, and the, the life in, you know, Ambridge. Uh, originally, I think I was a very sort of happily distracted, you know, back to your point about nappies and all that mess. Mm. But now now I'm kind of maybe a bit more aware of the, the, the production problems. And um, Kerry and I were on the phone during the week and... Uh, and and I was saying about you know you you'd sort of wax lyrical previously about uh, how they were trying to deal with all these production issues mm. and they were trying to create create a more kind of lean and versatile uh, vehicle for the program in these in these difficult times. But then surely that leanness should give them the ability to do some unusually current sort of topics or sort of reactions to the COVID crisis. They could you know and and it doesn't seem. 
it doesn't it none of us in real life uh, go even a single day without having one covid conversation so could they have not built a few generic ones in sort of to Kerry's point mm. I, I i don't know chaps i i, I think it's, it's a little bit harsh considering that we do know that they record these what some five six weeks in advance so to have anything too on the nose surely they're just going to be a hostage to fortune every week now there's some level of um, loosening up the lockdown and surely they have to just allude to things but but i think though that I ca- yeah, yeah, I, yeah don't, I don't think it has to be on the nose or sort of quoting what boris johnson has said that moment or anything like that it Please just no. needs to but what i'm talking about is you know in the height of a global pandemic do you not really has this not happened to you guys at all that you sort of think oh actually the simple things in life are really valuable to me you know the the frontline workers who are paid the least are the superheroes uh that kind of thing i know that's been slightly alluded to earlier on but there seems to be so much um bickering amongst the family members Mm. which i don't hear happening amongst my friends and my family but i might just be in a strange bubble of my own i don't know Uh, to use the controversial clapping you know the now controversial clapping as an example they don't have to have people on their doorsteps clapping every thursday night because that could age quickly but they could have an argument um, between two people representing those two sort of viewpoints Mm -hmm. the people who feel that you know broadly that the NHS had been treated badly by the Tory government so to applaud is to sort of be disingenuous and the people who think the NHS should be applauded no matter what and not to get too political about it so you could have that argument that people would sort of instinctively understood was relevant without being sort of caught up in in sort of the exact current affairs but I think though Peter the question is how are they going to have that argument if if everything's a monologue if they're not feeling sufficiently technically confident enough to have conversations so what would this be like a text argument or or, or whatever so this week they had um susan and um tracy going at it you know across a series of um, media so you could have you could have people reporting back from a particularly pompous conversation between brian and i would guess tony you know to represent those two you know to represent the argument i was just sort of suggesting I think the other thing, though, is that the Archers stays clear of overt politics. Yes, there is huh. an undercurrent of stuff. But I, I think you, you, you probably have a point, but, that is the, but that's the wrong example because that overtly would be something, you know, yeah. on the nose political. So the things that I'm feeling fortunate about are that I'm not in a bedsit all by myself in lockdown. I've got a couple of people I love in my home and I've got a little garden um and that for me makes me feel very fortunate um and that i can get in touch with my mum by zoom who's not that far away but we're not visiting each other that kind of thing but kerry yeah surely to your point freddie fixing the toilet wasn't that really it like you know not that fixing the toilet is one of the simpler pleasures in life but there was freddie kind of mucking in and then through that realizing what lower loxley means to him yeah he's I thought stepping that was more up about there freddie. but yeah but there was no reference to you know in these times i need to sort of try and help out more or anything 
I don't yeah, know. Was... I, I thought that was how, how it kind of came in. I forget the name of the old retainer who they would normally ask to fix the toilet. But right. he says, yeah, he says normally we get... Goebbels. <laughs> I think that's great, isn't it? Goebbels. Yeah. Sort of Bob Goebbels or something. <laughs> but I, I got the sense that he was um, pitching in. He was doing something he wouldn't normally do. These are, you know, these, these extraordinary circumstances. And then through that, he remembered his father and it was about heritage. It was a, and, and about a sense of place. Because I did listen well, this Elizabeth... week. <laughs> well done, Lachlan. Well, Elizabeth, Elizabeth said... <laughs> well, Elizabeth yeah, said good. very clearly, um, I don't know why he doesn't just um, ask one of the help to do it or some similarly kind of, you know, uh, yeah. entitled word. So you know, she was very clear about that. I mean, I do, I do take your point, Boyfield, that you know, yes, this this could have been a more subtle way of doing it. But the one thing we know about the the, the COVID crisis is that it lacks subtlety. There's no kind of nuance to it, and also it's it's got one team. There's very few pro COVID people, so you can be quite kind of aggressive with it. Like you know, like I take your point about mm. the the politics, but you no no one's going to be sort of writing letters of complaint in if they sort of are anti COVID or kind of like stridently. Um, pro NHS or something, um, but yeah, I, I very much thought it was a, 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 a plot arc about Freddie trying to be useful. I didn't even think about the connection to COVID. I think the key thing, really, for me is is you know the um, the bickering feels to me super super petty and a bit um, what's the word self indulgent when loads of people are having massive troubles outside of that world. Mm. I, I, this could be you outing yourself as a nice person, Kerry. Um, no, 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 no. After, no. after, <laughs> after such diligent work on Twitter, trying to, you know, yeah, with all your effing and jeffing, to suddenly, you know, come out here and be this very empathic and sensitive human being. I am. I am multifaceted. I'll have you know. Um, talking about multifaceted. Um, we have uh, not one, not two, not three, not four, but I'm not going to count all the way up to ten, but ten caller in uh, this week. So what I think we should do, folks, is maybe circle back onto the topic of how realistic is the, at the Ambridge COVID experience uh, in between a little bit of caller interaction. All right. Lovely. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Oh, first off, it's Jack. Hello, Dumpty Dummers, it's Jack here. The letters to and from Freddie and Linda, I feel, work well. Please, no more Susan on the radio. I really feel that it doesn't work. Now, don't forget, Royfield Brown's Map Corner has just had two new podcast releases. And also, we have a new podcast from Shambridge, Harriet Carmichael, called Making Hay. Is there any news on dialogue in The Arches? As I feel that The Arches is a radio drama, and dialogue is really what it makes it work and makes the episodes work, too. Will we be having any monologues from Alistair Horse Paintings Lloyd? That would be quite interesting. <laughs> now, Lee, are you missing Peter? Oh, sorry, I've got your names mixed up. 
uh, as you're quite similar. Uh, sorry, I meant to say, Peter, are you missing Lee, as I know that you are a big fan? Well, thank you very much. Goodbye for now. Thanks, Jack. That was brilliant. I was wondering at one point whether you were actually Roy Phil putting on a voice with all those plugs about his uh, map corner. But... Uh... Isn't is a podcast listener of some uh, delectation, is our Jack. And, he, he, and uh, yeah. thank you for pimping me there, Jack. Um, the dialogue and when it's coming, it, I've read the BBC Archers tweeted that it, um, dialogue is happening in August. So that's the answer to that. Whether it will be broadcast in August or not, I don't know. But over to you, Peter, with your Lee love. <laughs> well, I thought Russ made a few good points there. Um, he was really... <laughs> I and I thought I did I do although I didn't like the letters as much as he did. Um, I found them. Um, I, I yeah, it, it 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 was a really heavy lift for the actors, um, having to sort of not only stay in character but then kind of also act out what I felt was some fairly badly written sort of missives. Um, uh, and although and then but then and then equally I have enjoyed Susan relentlessly and this is not just being horrible to Jack because of his very unfair callback to my dislike of Lee. Um, I no, I just disagree on both counts. I, I enjoyed the, uh, enjoyed Susan and intensely disliked the letters. But Susan played two records for Tracy, didn't she? Would that happen? I thought that was intentionally petty. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> I, I must admit, I, I'm kind of with Jack in that Susan, as the radio DJ, goes to underline what um, I said last week, is that these are so obviously just placeholder episodes and you literally can ignore um, the COVID archers and when it kicks up again, just take up and there is going to be, you're not going to really miss anything. That's not to say that there isn't some insightful stuff on characters, mm. uh, their motivations, their, you know, their inner psyche, all of that stuff yeah. and whatever. But the fact that Susan is a DJ is so obviously filling time. It's exactly what DJs do. That the, 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 For me, the writers couldn't have written it more on the nose. We're just filling in time here. Um, nothing major is going to happen during these episodes because it can't. Um, but we're putting something out. Mm, Tim Bentink even sort of mentioned that on the Zoom, didn't he, on Friday? He did. About, you know, that these are, he pretty much said that they're placeholders and you can kind of take them or leave them and that the real stuff is going to come back and we all know that. Sorry, because of Dumpty Dum, I've sort of had to change my the way I listen to um, the archers and before I was a kind of happy little pudding and now I've kind of been forced <laughs> to be a more sort of, um, you know, discerning gourmand. Um, and <laughs> and so, you know, as, as part of due diligence, knowing I was coming back this week, I did listen to it for a second time. And it sort of struck me just how much the acting changes your appreciation of the different characters. And I think that's what I've been kind of reacting to. So tr I actually cyber-stalked Susie Riddell a bit because I was um, I was so struck by the good job she was doing with Tracy. And on the second listen, I really started to notice some of the, the, the cracks that she was papering, some of the extra effort she was having to make to breathe life into it. Uh, and then I ended up sort of part of my cyber stalking, watching a video of hers on um, the BBC Archers pages where she was talking about, you know, the opportunity to learn more about the characters. 
And maybe that's what they should have done. Maybe they should have just said, look, we're not even going to try and keep the plots up. We're just going to give you these insights into the characters. These are going to be sort of deep dives into their um, their hidden um, thoughts and their hidden motivations. And, and, and then at least then we wouldn't be having to worry about all of these kind of connecting the dots, worrying about continuity or this sort of any of these kind of issues that we talk about. Peter, I'm not worried. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I, I must admit, I'm just letting the whole thing just just wash over me. It's like a very like uh, um, superficial rinse. I, mm. I I I'm just. I must admit, I'm not that engaged. I listened to the shows last week, and and when they were done, they were done. And when they were still halfway going through, they were kind of done as far as I was concerned. And I think one of the things for me, which which I'm really getting out of this, is I think this kind of mono pace of the whole of the episodes. Nothing too dramatic can happen. Nothing too dramatic does happen. You know there's not going to be a cliffhanger or anything like that. So it's just one pace all the way through. And it's really made me appreciate... Not that the Archers is famous for for building up tension, but there is no tension in in these shows at all. There just there, there isn't. Whether they're good or bad, in terms of writing and acting, I'm putting that to one side. But the affect of the two things together, it's one paced, and you don't know where you are. You know, there isn't a line like "Hello, you two. Oh, it's the start of the episode. There isn't you know, something happening in the bull and you go, okay, this is the middle of the episode now. And there isn't a, oh my God, are they going to do this? Or, you know, or where is he or where is she? It's the end of the episode. It just is. Yeah, it kind of drifts along, doesn't it? And I think the nearest we've had to tension is kind of Susan's uh, regret about getting drunk again and Mm. thinking, what should I do? What did I say? Yeah. But hey, um, I think we've maybe give, given Jack a proper outing in terms of uh, answering his call and then go, going off-piste and uh, talking about life, love and the universe as it <laughs> pertains to Ambridge uh, in our reply. So, Jack, well done for that, sir. And I, I love your pimping. Feel free uh, to pimp away on uh, all of my podcasts every time that you call in, sir. And you're right. There is a new map corner, everybody, with uh, Matt Breen from the Explorers podcast, which I put out just at hmm, half twelve last night. Uh, now it's Francesca. Hello, it's Francesca here. Um, I'm calling up just to make a comment on the cake storyline with the menopause. Um, I noticed on some of the Facebook groups there was a lot of discussion about it and uh, a couple of men saying that they didn't want to hear it, it wasn't relevant and, and, uh, and nonsense like that. Well, to me, I thought it was really interesting because I, as a 36-year-old woman myself, and I've got all that to come, I realised after hearing that, that it's not something I actually know very much about. Um, it's not something that people talk about generally, other than maybe hearing, oh, I've got a hot flush, <laughs> things like that. But I don't recall really hearing about it on any television programmes, any radio plays, any films it's just not something that is generally talked about and so um the fact that it's in the arches at the moment is quite groundbreaking i think and a really positive step as so we've had lots of men's problems such as johnny and his hair loss why not have 
problems which affect 52% of the population as well. So yeah, I just want to applaud the Archers for including that. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what happens with Kate and maybe finding out what's going to happen to me in the future. Ooh, a horrible thought, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Francesca, I agree. I, th I thought that was one of the really good things about these uh, monologues was that that was a topic that was brought up that was kind of new to um, the plot lines. Um, and I mean, it's not really been mentioned much since it was initially mentioned, apart from the mon menopause um, yoga class that she wanted to set up, which weirdly Ifty seemed to be part of, which is a bit confusing but um <laughs> uh but yeah it is good it's interesting that men on facebook don't want this to be covered in the drama how do you men feel about that yeah well um i think it's right that we finally have a man's voice to sort of explain some of the intricacies of um, <laughs> the menopause after listening to kerry go on for ages about it um uh, <laughs> and I was I was also interested about the Kate um, plotline with the menopause, mm. and I was and now that it, now that it's been brought up by Francesca, I'm sort of sort of you know regretting that drifting away. I think Kerry and I actually talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and mm. even just the brief chat we had, I learned a little bit sort of a significantly more about the menopause than I, than I knew before, and that was just a five minutes of us joking around. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't waste any of your energy, Francesca, worrying about men's insecurities. I think you've probably got far more important things to do with your time. Um, and yes, you're absolutely right to applaud the archers for bringing it up because I think, um, as with a lot of topics um, that affect 52% of the world's population, they're just never they're never mentioned. Then it's, mm. it's never brought up or never, and certainly always treated as a joke. So I, I hope they resist. I mean, if they do, um, if they do joke about it, um, to Royfield's point a couple of weeks ago about Black Lives Matter, I hope that um, I hope that they do sort of represent some of the more kind of chauvinist voices, um, uh, you know, in some of the characters in the village to help sort of set the conversation in more realistic relief. Yeah, and it's such a personal thing um, as well as in how you uh, experience it, the menopause. Um, you know, so many friends of mine have experienced it in incredibly different ways and they definitely haven't ever seen it in dramas really or, or you know, heard about it much, I, I think, other than on Woman's Hour perhaps. Um, it kind of passed me by. That's why I'm not really talking about it much. I didn't really realise that I'd actually gone through it, <laughs> through it and come out the other side. Uh, so I didn't have any real struggles or sufferings to do with the menopause but I have had friends who've really really found it tough I mean I'm, I'm 45 and I've never had a conversation with someone mm. about it that wasn't just a joke I've heard my mum crack a few jokes about it you know that's mm. it that's the full extent of my conversation about it in you know in day-to-day -day life yeah there's a lot of women who open up about this subject on Twitter I have to say that is a, a rich source of um, women exchanging their experiences. One thing about this storyline is that this we have this is a carryover from the pre-COVID archers. That very obviously uh, there's a storyline where Kate thought that she was pregnant, hmm. and this is she's going through the perimenopause, isn't she? You know. Yeah. So, but but e e even then, um, there, there is no denouement so so to speak is there it's a case of she's going to go through this but this is one bit of connective tissue which takes us from where we were before to where we are now and you know and and that is nice whereas 
everything else just seems to be kind of like, you know, floating in the middle of nowhere, not doing an awful lot. I think the fact that she was surprised that it might be happening to her was an interesting thing, that mm. she hadn't even considered it. She is stupid enough not to know about it. <laughs> you know, quick, you know, quick. Going to Doctor Google, typing in the symptoms, it's like, oh, this menopause that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> True that. All right, Francesca, uh, th- thanks for a great call. Now, oh, it's my Vicky Cole. I believe she's black in Sri Lanka. Hello, Royfield, Kerry, Peter, and everybody else in Dumpty Dum World. This is Vicky. Um, I'm back in Sri Lanka. Sorry, I haven't called in for so long. Um, just things are all very topsy-turvy, aren't they? Um, I came back eventually to Sri Lanka at the end of May, but then I had to do two weeks quarantine in a hotel run by the Sri Lankan army. It was all very strange, but anyway, I think we're all going to have stories to tell after all this. Kerry, welcome. I'm enjoying your hosting. Um, I'm hoping one day, eventually, when I get back home again, we can have a Brighton-based meet-up. I once had a summer job with American Express in that big blue and white building be very nice to meet you one day oh uh, so I don't know really what I think about these monologues well I sort of feel I have to force myself to listen to them and it feels a bit of a drag and they always seem to be much longer I don't know if other people are noticing that but I listened <laughs> to several this morning I had a long car journey um, and I listened to several back to back and it seemed to go on forever um, which makes me think that perhaps I'm not enjoying them really um, anyway, I am loyally listening to them mostly, I have to say, so that I can properly enjoy Dumpty Dum. But then every now and again, there's a little bit that just catches me by surprise. Um, I enjoyed the bit with Helen because it did show that she still had some sort of vulnerability and problems left over from what she'd been through. Because I, I think we'd not really had the sense of that before. Um, she seemed to bounce back remarkably quickly without any counselling or anything as far as we knew. So that felt realistic. Um, I thought it was interesting to hear a bit of Natasha's backstory because she's quite a complex character um, and, and that was very interesting. Um, as I say, mostly it's been a bit sort of slow, although the Freddie and Linda bit this week I enjoyed a lot. Fingers crossed it all goes on. Anyway, much love to everyone. I'm running out of time. Take care. Stay well. Bye. Oh, Vicky Cole. Yes, yes, yes. We must meet in Brighton when we're able to. And I can't believe you worked at American Express. That's hilarious. We will exchange stories about the time in that building for sure. (laughs) Um, The quarantine in a place run by the Sri Lankan army sounds fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't sound like a barrel of laughs, does it? Not really, no. Mm. Bless her. And I like that she's um, listening to the episodes in order to then enjoy Dumpty Dum a little more. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, so uh, there is something about, and we have talked about this before, about the whole pacing, but mm. then also the fact that these shows do seem to stretch the time continuum, that I honestly thought the first week when I, well, the first the first episode that I heard, which was David and Josh, that that was a half an hour long episode. I was constantly looking looking at my watch and going, well, there's no way this is 12 minutes. And, you know, and, you know, we were only three minutes in, you know, and it was just like, but it, it's the pacing, you know, and the fact that you, 
you don't have the backwards and forwards of, of conversation and then the cutaway to maybe a little bit of silence you know it's a different scene uh etc etc it's just you know it, it it messes with our subconscious perception of how the show is put together yeah it's funny because on twitter when the omnibus is on everyone well not everyone quite a few people are, su are surprised when it ends earlier and it's like oh it's gone again. That's weird. So I don't know whether that's be because they're just wanting it to last till quarter past like it used to. Mm. Um, I haven't really seen that many people saying how, about it dragging on on there. But, yeah, I think you're right about the pace of it. You know, there aren't many peaks and troughs, are there? It's sort of a steady flow. Yes, a very steady flow. <laughs> Like the toilet. Oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> there was a lot of sound effects, a lot of toilet sound effects. And I was quite impressed with the kind of the different levels they had. And then also Vicky, Vicky had some kind of parakeets in the background there. And yeah. there was, they, they had peacocks in behind Freddie in the, in, in the, in, in the background behind Freddie. And I really admired that attention to detail. When you know they were as they were trying to transport the actor from the uh, um Whoa, the, the, the Peter, cupboard in the back Peter, of his flat, you hmm? can tell a peacock from a parakeet. <laughs> um, I I was guessing at the parakeet. I was a hundred percent certain about the peacock. Yeah, I've never knows. given you my full. I've never given Birds you my full title. <laughs> yeah. Peter Fickling, fourth Earl of Davenport, or whatever I am. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so other birds that begin with a P. At, at what does a penguin sound like? Uh, <laughs> peregrine falcon. And prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, peregrine falcon. Come on, let's let's keep going. Oh, they're quickly. silent. They're silent and deadly. They, you never you, you you only hear them when they strike. So the, the sound you hear of a peregrine falcon is its claws tearing into your face. That's, <laughs> okay. it's, uh, which I, I can't do. I'm afraid. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Um, my Vicky Cole. Um, Lovely to hear from you and you glad to hear that you are safe and sound in Colombo in Sri Lanka. And now, Beth, you're up. Hello, it's Beth Purnell here. I'm a first time caller in era. I'm a retired teacher and trade union organiser. I started listening during the Helen and Rob episodes, which makes me a Jack or a Gideon, as I always think of him. I started listening to Dum to Dum at the same time. I love the old format and I love the new format with Kerry and Peter. I've been lurking around all this time. So why have I been moved to join in? Because Adam is back in the monologues this week. Hooray. Controversial, but I love Adam. I think he is much misunderstood. He should have followed his heart and followed Charlie to Scotland. Instead, he's stuck on the farm with Ian, Helen, Brian and Jennifer. No wonder he's miserable. I'm okay with the monologues, better than no arches at all. Well, that's my first time collaring her in done, so it's bye for now. Oh, Beth, that was an interesting one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because Team yeah, Adam. Adam, yeah, Adam is due to appear, isn't he? This week, I have heard. Um, and she's a fan of of our Adam, and does think he should have run away though. So. <laughs> I would have taken Charlie over um, Ian at a you know at a moment's notice, definitely. Yeah, it was a surprise that really wasn't it? Mm. Or not because then mm. he can stay. 
Yeah. I, I must admit, when when the character of Adam first came back to Ambridge, I was an Adam fan. But I think I was in large part an Adam fan because he was new. And also, I, I quite liked his, to me, quite posh voice. Um, but as soon as he kind of settled in and just said, I'm tired all the time, I rapidly became yeah. an unfan. So... I, I, I don't know. This is either going to be the monologue to end all monologues or it's going to be the monologue that destroys all monologues because he he is the most 2D out of the major characters. Mm. He just says he's tired all the time. Brian, I don't have time. I'm tired. That is Adam. It's it quite horny, though. Yeah, I think it's very. I think he's got a big libido, Adam. So I think that's what we're going to get. It's going to be a lot of <laughs> I, Adam's lust Peter, coming through. I hope they throw something at a left field at us like that because the character really needs. It. If we're going to like dig into his brain and his inner thoughts, there's got to be more than just he's tired. So yeah, bring it on. I mean, every time he first appears in the omnibus, I always post a picture of a log. Uh, so monologue <laughs> or monologue uh, is going to be marvellous for me next omnibus. Um, it's become quite famous, my log picture of Adam. And that is because of the 2D-ness of what happens with that character. Do you think it's do you think it's because he's often been at the sort of nexus of any number of plot lines? He's often kind of like a he's the Didier Deschamps, the kind of water carrier, sort of shuffling <laughs> um, information from one scene to another. And it, it, it's it's not so much you know it, it's going to be di it's just the way it's been. Uh, he's a very mm. easy segue from Brian's office to the to the bull to you know back to Ian off to the restaurant and you know like he's he's useful in that way. Mm. But he tries to get angry sometimes, doesn't he? It just sounds exactly the same. His range of emotions uh, don't really, I don't know, help, do they? Because there aren't any. I always thought that when Eric Cantona called Didier Deschamps the water carrier, that was somewhat harsh. You know, it was the fulcrum of a World Cup winning side. So arguably you could say that Adam is actually pivotal to the whole construct of Ambridge. Mm, he's a right pivot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My ears pricked up at the mention of Eric Cantona. I have well, I'm yes. disappointed you outed me, Royfield, because anyone who didn't know about the Eric Cantona quote would have thought I was sort of um, referencing some French philosopher and been incredibly <laughs> impressed by my erudition and depth of thought. No, no, it was, mm. it was, it was footy and late... 90s footy yeah is, is he related to marcel duchamp do you think hmm or uh, didier mm. well no and now i i really am out of depth i'd have no idea about french <laughs> philosophy so um right so that so that's that uh peter's out of his depth and now it's time for laura hi there royfield carrie w dummers all around the world this is laura jackson calling in from pandemic central arizona usa since i'm in isolation I've had plenty of time to ponder why so many Archer's listeners are struggling with the monologues. I have a theory. I hate to admit it, but as part of my listening routine, I usually listen to each episode multiple times, mainly because they're very good at putting me to sleep. 
Now that there are two fewer episodes each week, I listen to each episode even more times. Since the monologue started, I realized there was something different going on. Even though I listened to each episode several times, now I would be hard-pressed to tell you much about what happened. This has led me to conclude that a big reason that many listeners are struggling with the monologues is that they aren't going anywhere, or we have no basis upon which to anticipate or speculate about where the monologues might be going or how they relate to any storylines. Part of enjoying our favorite docudrama is being drawn into new storylines and Archer's listeners love to come up with clever theories about what might happen next. We can't do this with the monologues because, by and large, they aren't related to any storyline. They don't seem to be going anywhere. They're just placeholders until the production team can figure out how to get the cast back together again. Some examples from this week. Freddie with the toilet tank. Susan drinking on air. The pub quiz debacle. Emma turning hay. We know the scriptwriters like to lay breadcrumb trails for future developments, but really, where are any of these incidents going? The only one this week that might bear fruit in the future was Elizabeth realizing she is ready to date. That said, the setup with Zoom yoga and the iffy dinner were painful. So, that's my theory. I hope everyone is staying safe, wearing their masks and social distancing. Bye. Oh, thanks, Laura. That, right, yeah, she's raised some very bad points there, I think, you know about that you know we've spoken about them being placeholders yes and that they're not really going anywhere but as as I was listening to her I was looking at I've listened to them three times again this week and for Dumpty Dum I have written out pages of little notes about what happened because I know I wouldn't remember otherwise <laughs> um so she's quite right they're not providing very many memorable things are they standout things um Lizzie being ready to date, yeah, that's the last thing that she's mentioned because that is something, that's a new thing, isn't it? That she's realised she doesn't want to live alone forever, as she said at the end. Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, Roy was a literally a bump in a tent. Um, mm. And yes, there was Ifty Car beforehand, but it was just too soon. So, you know, it's a slight point of, for for the future, mm. but she's hardly going to um, be on Tinder as soon as the COVIDs are over. It's going to be a, a bit of a slow burn, isn't it? I I'm... don't know. Why not? Well, you know, what? lay by on the um, bo- um... <laughs> beyond the bypass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, she's, she's woman of hidden depths, perhaps. Uh... But one thing I would say, though, just very quickly. Boom, Laura Jackson. Boom. I agree with every word that she said. And she's utterly deconstructed um, and distilled the issues with the monologues. Everything that Laura Jackson says, couldn't agree more. I was thinking that as she was saying it, I was thinking this is another proxy for Royfield. He got his podcasts um, plugged earlier on. And now he's had someone else to come on just to sort of, you know, absolutely double down and ratify his um, thought processes. Uh, she did raise something, you know, Emma doing the tractor driving. Mm. Is she qualified to do that? I know that you two will know the answer to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends if it's a three or four litre um, and whether it's a red diesel or normal diesel. Um, Kerry, <laughs> that's it's a red uh, tractor <laughs> or a blue tractor. Exactly, yeah. Mm. 
well uh who who knows who knows but uh i i must admit i slightly zoned out when she was on doing doing the tractor ride thing mm. but the, but that was just me i'm struggling struggling to properly focus in on these episodes as i think i've made abundantly clear so uh considering i'm feeling somewhat uncomfortable about the fact that i host a podcast about a show where i'm struggling to pay full attention I'm going to say, Mia, you're up. Hi, Royfield, Kerry, and all Dumpty Dum peeps worldwide. This is Mia up in Newcastle land. A um, couple of things, really. I'm not that enamoured with the the uh, storylines or whatever you want to call them, monologues, over the last week. They're all right. I'm not complaining too much because I'd rather have that than nothing, as, as Tim Bentink said on Friday. Um, but they're not that rich or deep in content and to be honest I'm not that fussed I'm not really bothered about Freddie and Linda's letter that was probably all right but we're clutching at straws here it's no Alan Bennett talking heads as has previously been said but it's all right I still don't know why they can't do a zoom call and record it with all the uh, noises around as normal because they're meant to be normal people in lockdown anyway that aside I really wanted to call Royfield to say thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for arranging the Friday night Zooms over the last couple of months. It's made lockdown much more bearable. I thoroughly enjoyed all the chats. My favourites have to to be um, Kirsty and uh, Tracy. The actresses were fantastic, but everybody was marvellous. Thank you so much for, for putting all that effort in. And for arranging the actors and Kerry Davis as well to to come on. It's it's been such a joy and a treat. All power to you. Voting for Dumpty Dum on the podcast and God bless you all and have a great week. Bye. Oh, lovely Mia. And yes, very you, lovely. You deserve you deserve credit for that, Royfs. Oh, thank for the, you. All the effort that you've put into the Zooms because they have been really, really cracking. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And and there might just be a little um a little bit of afters, uh, a little bit of a Zoom pudding, so to speak. Um, I'm trying to cook something up. Can't definitely, definitively uh, say uh, where and when it will happen. But um, we did have uh, kind of record numbers on, on the last one watching in on YouTube. At one point, there were like 200 people, just under 200 people watching live on YouTube, which was utterly fantastic, let alone the 60 70 odd we actually had on the, on the zoom call so um if there's that amount of demand uh for it it'd be silly for me to, to completely uh chop it so uh watch this space but um whilst it's on I the do top take of my... issue with Mia saying that they're normal people though in Ambridge so I just want to make that point hmm Uh, (laughs) Um, i just typed um zoom pudding into google hoping for something truly disgraceful um but it's all very uh it's all very um safe and anodyne so i'll just move past it (laughs) (laughs) um folks i don't know when this show is going well i didn't know when the show is going to be out you're going to be listening to this most definitely on tuesday which is the 7th of july um Go to, and I have to like pause now because I really should have set this up beforehand. If you're going to talk about the voting, yeah. it's closed because I tried to vote today. Oh, bollocks. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Mm, yeah. Which is a shame, isn't it? So you waited until today to vote for yourself? 
I didn't realise it would be closing so soon. Kerry Warbis. Yeah. You could have put on a nice frock and gone along to the award ceremony. <laughs> Virtually on Zoom. Well, maybe, maybe that will happen. <laughs> well, let's just hope that um, enough people did vote for us beforehand. And it has to be said mm. that um, I kind of was slightly dragged kicking and screaming into publicising uh, the, I think it's the British Podcast Awards. I think that's what it's called. Um, we have had an honourable mention, one if not two years. I think this is the third or the fourth year of it. And I am a little bit sore about it. Sore is maybe the wrong word. Because the shows that win mm. generally are the shows that have kind of media friends and whatever. And yeah. And we don't have that. But I also genuinely do think that what we do is very different from most podcasts. So it's not just, you know, two or three people uh, as mates having a little bit of a chat and, and a lark. I think we, what we've created is the fabled podcast community. But we've allowed listeners uh, to air their stories uh, air their life experiences around the stories of the archers and i'm not saying that what we do is revolutionary but it is very different really uh, and from from most podcasts and actually much more deep and affecting people's real lives and stuff and we've we put this thing together globally as well so i've always thought that mm, not that we should win uh the listener's choice award but we should have um you know one or two plaudits thrown our way um mm. you know when we set out to do the do the podcast did i think it was going to turn out the way that it did absolutely not but it has organically become something much more than just a show about the archers and stuff and uh it'll be nice if we got recognized for that but maybe next year maybe next year here here good good um ficklin you've got anything you want to say no, I'm, I'm all right. Awesome. Well, then, uh, I'll, we'll move on then. Uh, now it's Elsa. Hi, Royfield, Kerry, all the dumpsters everywhere. Um, it's Elsa here from Newsy. I've got Ernie with me, but I think he's trying to go to sleep, so you might not hear from him today. I'm just walking the dog um, out in the beautiful countryside. Uh, this week's episodes of The Archers were fab, weren't they? That feeling from um, Elizabeth. And she goes, oh, if I marry him, I, I, I don't think I'll take his name. And then she goes on her first date with him and realises he's an absolute loser. I've just, I felt that feeling so many times. I felt very soon in that moment, but it was fab. Um, I've decided that I'm going to start sending a care package, a metaphorical care package, to one of the characters each week. And this week, my care package is for Elizabeth. I'm going to send her some little sexy underwear that she feels really great when she's intimate dating or going on her wrinkles. I think nothing makes you feel better than having some, like, really nice, flattering, not necessarily tiny, but just very sexy knickers on. Um, so that's what I'm going to send Elizabeth this week. Maybe you might consider sending something to one of the characters this week you feel needs a little bit of extra love. Um, and I'll speak to you all next week. Bye. Oh, thanks, Elsa. That that was interesting. So, care package for Roy, Royfield. What would you put in that? <laughs> Jesus. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, well, so it was, it, was it an Excel spreadsheet he was doing his dating on? So maybe uh, a Google account so he can update it to Google Sheets or something like that. It's very, right. very 2009 with him with his Google, uh, with his uh, Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. I, I, I don't know. Peter, care package for Lee. Well, sorry, very quickly, did I did I mention on a previous podcast, I once heard a man seduce another, or I saw a man seduce another human being with an Excel spreadsheet. It was, um, it was quite something. It was on a flight from Singapore to Melbourne, and I woke up with his hand on my thigh. I, I was Tracy Horribind. I was Tracy Horribind because they were, they were so caught up post-spreadsheet under a, a, an airline blanket. Anyway, so um, don't be too dismissive of Roy's... Um, you know, uh, Microsoft product-based seductive Flirting. methods. <laughs> yeah. And um, what would I? What would I give to Lee? Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, what gen- genuinely? What's a try- What's a genuinely? Am I being horrible to him, or am I trying to genuinely no, make his life better? Package. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, well, I don't know. Some co- um, deep heat. Oh, good shout. Mm. He, you know, he's, he's he's you know he's always down the gym, isn't he? I wouldn't want him to have any muscle strains. Help him stay limber. I wonder how he's coping with all the gyms being shut. I mean, these days, is it something a bit more, is it kind of like some kind of isotonic, um, you know, um, uh, body rub that he would need? Yeah, probably. Or you get wired up to something, don't you? God knows. I've never been in a gym. So what what would you give to Adam as a care package? Kerry Warbis? Yeah, why did I ask you to first? Um... God, a sort of rocket to put up his. Ahem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Adam, say, oh, Adam just cakes. <laughs> no, I mean, if this this is a man. This is a man who gave up a successful, painfully good-looking, kind of athletic um, uh, um, Charlie for someone whose only value is to produce cakes. So just give him a cake. That's you know, that's <laughs> enough for him to throw away the the love of his life. <laughs> Fair. But, you know, I'm going to talk about this a few episodes mm. back. Um, believing in relationships, having that there have been some kind of on air chemistry. Mm. So, even though I don't in my bones believe Kate and Jacob, I like the idea of them and I believe there is some level of free song. I believe in the real world it would just not happen. He's on the spectrum. She's woo and way and out there it just wouldn't happen but i believe there is some you know level yeah. of electricity we uh, at least hear them adoring each other yeah don't we? neil and yeah. neil and susan i get it you know even brian and jennifer you know the you know um linda and her hubby and whatever you mm. there are some couples you just get right i never believed charlie and adam mm. just like i don't believe um adam and ian like, I don't hear the chemistry. I don't hear the frisson. I don't hear the little gentler sides, you know, when they are obviously getting each other or complimenting the other, etc. Mm. I never got Adam and uh, Charlie. Yeah, no, when, they when, did um, that thing when, when they Adam jumped and... in a river once and that was it. <laughs> Carry on. No, no, well, but when when um when there was there was a big hoopla about um Adam and Ian kissing. I think they kind of I think some of the newspapers made some sort of like a, a lightly homophobic comments, and maybe Twitter had a bit of a bit of a go as well. And I I remember thinking, no, that's not homophobia. That's just the intense dislike of hearing those two characters kissing. Mm. 
Mm. You know, I mean, it, it's unpleasant on the arches when when there's any kissing at all. But but yeah, I just I just can't just the th- they're, they're both completely sort of sexless people. Mm. I know I was accusing Adam of being, you know, very oversexed earlier on, but that's just as reported. That's not sort of how it comes across. Mm. And then, you know, th- those two as a pair having a baby, nothing to do with them being gay, nothing to do with that. But it was just like these two really as parents. The thing is that I, I do believe Ian as a parent. I do. And for years, the character of Ian has expressed paternal instincts, mm. you know, yeah. like he's wanted a kid for years, like might be going back yeah. for about seven years or so. So they did the spade work there and I get it. Yeah. And I understand Ian more as a person. I just think Ian and Adam just... Yeah, I, yeah. I just, the pairing. Yeah. Just mm. does it doesn't work on any level, you know, on the radio. Let alone the fact that um, it's two professions where they would never actually spend any time with each other. Yeah. Farmers got to be up early in the morning, and a chef don't go to bed till late, so they're mm. never going to see each other. That's the COVID dream at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that was called into question as well with regards to parenting, wasn't it? How would they cope with those jobs? True, true. Um, anyway, uh, we probably drifted somewhat uh, from Elsa's um, initial point, uh, which uh, I'm going to bring us back, steady our ship and sail us into Claire's port. Hi there, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Um, I haven't really been motivated to ring in much recently because I'll be honest, the uh, monologues aren't really doing it for me. I very much see them as a sort of archer's methadone, so tides us over until we can get back on the hard stuff. But Anyway, I want to say hello to uh, Kerry and Peter and welcome. And uh, it's been really nice to uh, hear uh, some new voices and um, get to extend our Dumpty Dum family. This week, I just was really disappointed in Ifty because um, he's clearly let himself go during lockdown or before maybe. Uh, uh, what was he doing in the menopause yoga anyway? That didn't make any sense. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think we all yep. had a vision, or I certainly had a vision of Ifty as, you know, quite uh, handsome and smart and dapper sort of fellow. And, um, uh, yeah, he's clearly uh, not all that, is he? But uh, at least he's got Elizabeth to a place where she perhaps wants to uh, put herself out there. Maybe that was the point. So, um that would be interesting to see which way it goes. Please not in voice direction. I don't think that would be a very good idea. And um, yeah, and I don't enjoy listening to um, Susan's radio show. I mean, BBC local radio can be idiosyncratic at the best of times, but I think even they wouldn't have Susan. But um, I do quite enjoy Tracy's team talks. So they feel more fresh and honest. Um and they sort of reflect what you might put on a YouTube video, whereas I just don't think that Susan's a realistic uh, Radio Borsetshire presenter. But that said, um, let's just keep going and get through this, folks. And uh, it's lovely to see people on a Friday, and we'll keep going. Cheers. Bye. Yes, Claire from Clapham. So if if this is methadone and we're waiting for the hard stuff, the Archers is heroin, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> what 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 illegal drug is the archers? Mm. I mean, not, I wouldn't know, obviously. It's um, not cocaine but, um, or speed, is it? 
Maybe it is heroin. Could be. Yeah, the ifty disappointment thing. I, I, I remember him as being some sort of catch who was lovely and kind and, you know, Lizzie just backed away from him because the timing was wrong. But now she's kind of saying, ooh, was he really that boring? And look at the state of him and he's eating pasta pesto in my face on the screen. I was, I was gutted about that. I really hoped he would be someone she'd hook up with again. Talking about lockdown, and, um, one of the things which we all experienced first off was many people from our dim and distance past reaching out to us and saying, hello, how are you? Are you coping? And she misconstrued that, didn't she? She thought that he was going to be, you know, all about the, you know, uh, maybe a, a little bit of romance and he so obviously wasn't so there was he's let himself go let's put that to one side but his intent wasn't um you know in effect to try and wine and diner through a zoom call because he was shoveling his face full of full of pasta and and as she said he didn't even ask me about me he was just like blithely chatting chatting away but we all had that experience in the first two, three weeks of lockdown when things were, you know, severely locked down. And, you know, we all thought the scars about to fall in on our heads that, you know, there'd be an old school friend or work colleague or whatever would just say, you know, hi, you know, how are you? And that's in effect what he did. He was just checking that she was all right. And because it was somebody from a romantic past, um, she got she imagined marriage straight away exactly and i thought that that was <laughs> was wonderful <laughs> in terms of uh you know the, the, the inner workings of her mind and stuff you know mm. if i got married i wouldn't take his name yeah. type of thing practicing your signature of the boyfriend in primary school or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah that kind of thing what was his name Terry warbis well my first boyfriend was called paul newman wow yeah i think i've told peter this but yes, yes, but, but, yeah. you, but yeah. you pair have so many conversations behind my back. We do that it's like Look, becoming you complained. <laughs> what you were fully you were fully included, and then you suddenly stomped onto the WhatsApp chat and kind of like forced us to scurry off to another corner. <laughs> and boy, you're making me pay for it now with all your little <laughs> in jokes between the pair of you. <laughs> okay, remember this conversation we had? What about that, Peter? Ha ha ha. Whatevs. Well, I will. I will lobby. I will lobby later on to try and get you re-included into the um, offline chat, Royfield. I, I make that promise. Yeah. Well, I think three. I think three's a crowd on a WhatsApp chat. Three's not a crowd on a podcast. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Claire, um, thank you for your call. We got two. We got one more call, uh, and it's going to be a good one. Um, we've had one Laura Jackson. This one. This person goes just simply by the name of Laura. Hello, Royfield guest host and timestamers around the world. My name is Laura, and I'm a first-time caller in a rare. I am unfortunately a Rob Titchener. Uh, I'm 30. I'm a doctor, and I live in Scotland. The reason I'm phoning in is that today I heard the episode of Elizabeth's internal monologue during yoga and Freddie trying to fix a toilet. And I was driving at the time and I just sort of involuntarily screamed at the radio because <laughs> I had no words oh. and uh, I still don't. <laughs> um, it was easily the worst sort of 12 minutes of radio I think I've ever heard. <sighs> I think we've all had a, a tough few months and I for one just want a bit of a juicy storyline to distract me. 
And if that meant, um, you know, Kirsty slowly finding out about Phil or some sort of romance or, you know, some something we can all get behind. You know, Rob Titchener could come back and Lee could beat him up. And it was just something interesting. It'd be great. Not, not plumbing. <laughs> Anything but plumbing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I recommended the arts to a friend the other day. And then, as I said, it just realized... Please don't listen because you're going to think I'm crazy for listening to this for years. Um, and it's quite embarrassing at the moment. <sighs> so my plot prediction is that hopefully this is the low point and the only way is up. Um, I hope so anyway. But I just want to say thank you very much for Dum Dum. Um, it's always made me feel like I've got a bit of a community and always brighten my day. Um, so certainly I'm not going to get any new, new friends to talk to you about the archers at the moment. So, <laughs> Laura, welcome, welcome, welcome. I love the for- first time caller in Um I think she said she was a doctor in Scotland. I kind of m- missed a little bit yes, of that. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was the worst 12, <laughs> 12 minutes of radio listening to a toilet. Uh, and he's desperate for something interesting. I thought yeah. she was going to say worst twelve minutes of my life. That's and then you know and then she said of radio, but uh, it, there was it was there was such sort of um, gravitas and feeling in the way she was saying it. I was like, oh god, it really you know it's at the very bottom. Yeah, especially uh, someone who's a doctor, and that being the twelve worst minutes of her life would be a. Worry. But that might be, that might be that might be it. I mean, you've got a a fairly grown up job. My job is utterly trivial. Um, you know, so for me, so for me, the archers dovetails dovetails very neatly with my existence. Maybe if you're a mm. a doctor in in Scotland, you need you know you need something. It's it's actually a, somewhere to go and have some genuine relief and uh, maybe mm. get away. Whereas you know, whereas for me, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that um, Laura is so emotionally vulnerable that she needs the archers to prop her up. But you know, it might be a, a welcome <laughs> distraction. I liked that she said, you know. She- She's recommended it to a friend, but doesn't want them to listen to this because the friend will think she's crazy if they listen at this point as their first experience. Well, we were, we were. Um, uh, sorry, Royfield, you're going to get cross again. Hey, Kerry, when we were talking on the phone the other day, hey, um, <laughs> hey Pete, we, yeah, uh, we, it, it was it was very much about the fact that there's no that actually it was a conversation with Royfield there's there's no there's no sort of general ongoing exposition of the plot to help new listeners really get into it there is a kind of general assumption that you know everything you know all the characters so when would be the kind of high point to parachute someone in if you force someone to go back in time when would be the point where it'd be like this is the ultimate hook it goes straight in your cheek and you're landed Ooh, yeah where you will get everything quite straight away uh yeah Hmm. Would it be in the sort of build up to the Robin Helen stuff? What before think? before it became before you well, I'm gonna project my own opinion onto it, but like before it you just had had too much of the the characters involved. I mean it was <laughs> when Rob first arrived. When Rob first arrived, he was he was very, very, very irritating and and but you did also realise that you were, you know, like listening, you were on the edge of your seat and paying full attention. Mm. Mm, exactly. I think you know that that would hook you. I think. And the editor, the editor of the of the Archers at the time, wrote a, an article, didn't she? That you that, that we looked at that where she was she was talking about exactly 
um, the problem that some of the callers today have mentioned, which is just that that it's it's they've moved too far away from the format. They've moved too far away from the kind of those that from those kind of more kind of plot led and dramatic um, uh, um, sort of episodic episodic arcs. Yeah. That was the article in the Times, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, um, and it was by a previous editor. Yeah, but she was she was the editor. Was it he or she? I can't remember. I think it's but a bloke, it was, They yeah. were the ed- yeah. They were they were the editor when the Robin Helen um, mm. uh, um, plot line was happening. So I think I think that was part of the the Times kind of mentioned it to kind of give them credibility to to sort of add weight to your comic. Yeah, that, that that was a kind of real high point. Mm. Uh, can I just say that she sounded lovely, this new caller in her, and I, I'm quite smitten. I'll, I'll, then that, that's all I've got to say. I intentionally didn't say anything about Laura's voice because I didn't want to come across a sleazy Royfield. <laughs> well, uh, actually, where's that? Where's that Scottish guy gone? Who used yeah. to ring in? There he, is. He the, was good. There is something about the Scottish voice, isn't there? Mm. Just crumbs. Like, well, until Jack started mauling me, I thought he had a nice voice right at the beginning. But <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, R. Kerry, do we have any Hi. emails? We do. We have got um, stuff from Matt Williams, Jenny from Southampton, and Julie Harvey. And I'm going to access those right now. <laughs> I'm always taken by surprise when you say this, Roy. Um, yeah, the first one we have uh, was from Matt Williams. I like this because it's about the bees and the honey. And basically, he didn't write in, but you alerted us to the fact that he'd done a tweet, hadn't he? Um, so Matt Williams, he wanted to let Dumpty Dum know that uh, he'd just listened to the conversation about bees in the latest Dumpty Dum episode and wanted to correct Royfield that bees do not give us honey, we take their honey. No animal makes slash produces food for humans, but we feel it's okay to take oh my from God. them. Royfield, Royfield is the JK point. Rowling of bees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. I, I I was properly scolded by by this man. It's like, yeah, of course you're absolutely correct. Um, yes, I I, I I'm shame faced. I'm, I'm in the corner. Um, yeah, so yeah, we, we take their good nectar. Uh, we haven't we haven't earned it at all. Uh, we 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 steal it from them even. So yes, sorry, sorry, mm. sorry, sorry. Oh dear. Have I, I quite like bees though. They're awesome. Yeah, I've got honey guilt now. Oh, me too. And we still haven't had no one's actually called in and told us how we can actually stop the catastrophic decline of the the humble, you know, bumblebee, honeybee. Sorry. Was it was it Emma who uh, had started off Bee Corner that you named it? Was it yeah. was her name yes. Emma? I think. Yeah, and yeah. She, she, Emma didn't call in. Oh. Well, yeah, we wait with bated breath yeah. for the bee update. We were all excited about it, weren't we? <laughs> Maybe she's been busy. <laughs> Ba-boom. Well done. Uh, yeah. The next one is from uh, Jenny from Southampton. So she says, um, Hi, Royfield, esteemed Kerry co-host. Brilliant. And Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Jenny from Southampton. I've just listened to the Pargeta triptych. Absolutely brilliant. I actually didn't realise I'd listened to all three back to back and was disappointed to find there was nothing left when it ended. 
I think it works so well because it's more theatrical in style than the Archer's monologues. Nigel speaks to the listener rather than to himself. The latter is what sometimes feels a bit unnatural in the Archer's. The Archer's team are searching for a halfway house between theatricality and reality, whereas Graham Seed goes all in with the soliloquising. You can therefore lose yourself in the drama rather than be constantly reminded that that's what you are listening to. That said, I'm still grateful for the episodes we're getting. I shall end with a plea to Mr Seed. Please, sir, can we have some more? Well, I, I did warn him. I said there were going to be people asking for more, didn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were good. No, they, they were very good. Recommend. They were very good. Yeah. I suppose one one of the reasons why those the why the parties of triptychs are good and are very different from uh, the archers at the moment is because he can, as the ghost, in effect, go throughout the whole village and comment on everybody, and and it, and mm. I think it goes to your point slightly, Kerry. Whereas in lockdown, um, it forced us to look at humanity and 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 also and as you, as you said then the simple things in life whereas mm. these internal monologues have all been incredibly selfish in, in effect where people just worried about their own mundane petty squabbles and you know mm. fights and uh, issues etc whereas the ghost of nigel you know was questioning um different characters within the village and going from this person to that and 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 there's much more of a connective tissue type of thing so it didn't feel as claustrophobic as these monologues yeah there is a sort of dark matter to the kind of the um the normal universe of the archers which is all the characters whose names you who, whose voices you never hear so for instance frida was the most famous one so they could have activated these characters for a series of you know monologues through the um, the coronavirus, so that you could have just heard, it. and that would have been uh, quite interesting. What what's uh, Tracy's dad called? I can't remember. Bert, it's Bert Horribin. Bert, thank you, Bert Horribin. Yeah, so some of these some of these characters whose voices you never hear, that could have just been a very easy way of hearing the news from the rest of the village without uh, having to get caught up in. Although that does require casting a whole new bunch of actors. Forget it, I said anything. It's an absolutely <laughs> appalling idea. <laughs> Well, maybe the current actors could pretend to be the other actors because because um, Fweddy, he did a really good impersonation of Russ, didn't he? Mm, no, yes, he did. I thought that he's 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 mm. absolutely cracking. That's why I made the comment about the um, the the letters being so difficult to act, because I think he's a very good actor. And I did think the strain showed a bit as he was trying to act out his feelings as projected um forward as he was talking to linda it was like even saying it even trying mm. to explain it is difficult yeah exactly and you know reading out a letter you've just or an email you've just written or are writing is sort of feels unnatural as well true true uh, do we have another email we do, we do. It, um, it's from Julie Harvey, um, and she says, now she's put craving, but I think she means cracking, and I'm going to change it to cracking, whether she meant that or not. Cracking week on the Archers this week. Must officially say I love Freddie. 
Such a good actor. Love his character development. What a kind and lovable young man. Loved the Linda's letter storyline. Very touching exchange between them. Uh, Lizzie gets back into dating and can laugh about the experience. What a happy relief. Plus some other lighthearted banter with Susan and Tracy and loved up Emma and Ed. More feeling of character exchanges and some storylines being moved forward. They seem to be getting the hang of the new format. Though for me, I've mostly quite enjoyed the monologues. After last week's rather depressing and worrying Kirsty storyline, this was warm and fuzzy and uplifting. Just lovely. All the best, Dumpty Dum and Dumpty Dummers, Julie Harvey. Mm. Well, uh, I'm glad that it's working for somebody, you know. Well, I agree. I agree with her, and I, uh, I do think I've maybe been drawn too far in your two's direction this week. Uh, and I, I think that you know, I did enjoy Emma and Ed. Uh, I thought it was really nice. What, what are the qualities that Ed likes in a wife? Beautiful, clever, and good with a tractor. Um, and you know, we found out that you know it reinforced what we already knew that you know Emma is very competent um, in a multiple you know number of fields. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I did, and I really did enjoy the. I have enjoyed generally the Horribin sisters back and forth. Um, you know, even if lots of people have complained about the some of the the, the holes in the plausibility of it, and uh, mm. some of the you know, and the uh, and the general feel of it. Sorry. Yeah, that's me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you mean me? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's it, but it's nice to hear. It is occasionally nice to hear because uh, if you're doing if you're doing some if you're doing something like this, it can become a, become a bit of an echo chamber. And I my my natural instinct mm. is to is to sort of want to get along and to agree with people. So I'm kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's bad, that's bad. And then I hear a call like that, and it suddenly reminds me that I haven't had the experience a lot of people have mm. had. I I have just quite yeah. merrily let it wash over me until the second listen today when I really did become you two. <laughs> <laughs> but but I was thinking earlier on and, and didn't say it, so I'll say it now, um, is I do think I'm, I am overly obsessed with needing it to be believable. Yes, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't want to agree with you that it's needless or, or to totally agree with any negative comments about you. But I do, I do, you do make some comments. You do sort of make some quite um, exact comments about the uh, about the show, and and I think to my and it, what it says, to, it, what it shows to me is how little I pay attention to the details. Like I'm, you know. It would never, never. I would, I wouldn't notice if one week Ben was driving a Massey Ferguson and next week it was suddenly one of those green ones, you know. Whereas mm. I reckon you would have that in your big archer's notebook in a second, with you know, <laughs> your four colour pen flashing across the page, circling <laughs> arrows. Yeah, so Do you I'm have one of those walls? Myself. Sorry. Yeah. Do you have one of those walls at home with kind of cuttings and red ribbons, you know? <laughs> yeah, strings um, leading from one post-it note to another, and yeah. Yeah, and Chaz Palmateri sitting at a desk in front of you, and you're sort of like feeding him a whole load of stories. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, what? Why don't we just hold that thought, uh, mm. chaps, just for now? Uh, we'll come back the other side. We'll have a touch of the socials after we've had an advertisement break from one of our advertisers that would like to give us a little bit of shekel. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Good day, everyone. Well, another a shortish week, uh, understandably, with uh, the current situation. We started off by talking about uh, Tracy, who was recruiting her trivia team, and Freddie, who was trying to mend a toilet. And we, I thought that sounded rather like a parody synopsis. So I asked if you had any other parody synopsis suggestions. Uh, Fiona Goldsmith said, sorry, I couldn't possibly better the ridiculous parody synopsis being dribbled out of my radio at 7.03 every night. Uh, Rob Williams says Lily's going to go mad if the bathroom's out of action all day. At least I've got an ensuite. Someone please remind me, how many bathrooms are there in this place? There only seems to be one bathroom outside of my lady's chamber. I've been in caravans with better facilities. Uh, Richard Morley said future episodes include Kate sewing on a button, <laughs> Susan opening a chocolate bar and Lillian polishing some shoes. The sheer mundanity of the artist right now is beyond parody. <laughs> Joanne Smith said it took me half the episode to realise Tracy was trying to get people to turn up for a trivia team. I kept thinking she was trying to get them all to a practice cricket and that the practice was scheduled at the same time as the Bulls virtual quiz night. 
I loved that Kate was being muted and her class was texting each other in the middle because they weren't paying attention to her. I think a parody episode would include Pip and David calling into Susan's show to praise how helpful and dedicated Josh has been around the farm. Uh, Bridget Deutsch said, Natasha counts the money in her pension fund and Susan <laughs> and Susan is lost for words. Uh, Matthew Penny just wanted to know, where was Tracy when she was doing a team talk? She sounded like a submarine. And the final word will go to uh, Witherspoon, who says, Ruth wins the Great British Bake Off and Kate splits the atom. So thank you very much, everyone. You came up with some great synopses there. I do appreciate that. There was an episode where there was a lovely letter from Linda and some excellent work from Emma. And I thought it was nice to hear from more characters as well. And uh, the only thing that surprised me was I did not know that Emma could drive a tractor. Uh, Linda Cody says, not really pleasantly surprised. I'm following still just to keep up a bit, but he's very boring without the real archers. I was so excited with the storyline, especially the Philip, Gavin and Kirsty storyline, wondering what would happen with the wedding and would Kirsty find out things about Philip that hadn't at the time come to light. Nobody's fault, as it is impossible for the actors to record together at the moment, but miss the old archers dreadfully. Uh, Rob Williams wondered whether Linda could really have started a letter with such a blatant tautology. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the tautology was, but I believe you, Rob. Uh, Carol Royston said, best lockdown episode so far, I thought. Well done, Emma. I wondered who was going to win the trivia challenge. And also, I wondered whether Susan is developing a drinking problem. Uh, Sarah Spilsbury said, lockdown, lush. But I don't see her as a G&T girl. That's Lillian's territory. Lambrini. Um, and Stephen Bowden said, I think that this might be an excruciating and heavy-handed alcohol uh, problem story. I already die a little inside whenever a Susan monologue pops up. And the drinking, hers not mine, since there's no Friday episodes, nor ever have been Saturday ones, and I need to keep on top of the COVID chub, just makes things worse. Team Tracy all the way for the quiz, unless there's a Robert Jim Yuckolt dream team to cheer for. Linda Curtis said, I just think she's nervous and very unsure of herself. She is worried about what people think of her. The drink is just to give her courage. But we all know that could lead to an addiction if she doesn't face this situation when sober. I think Susan is quite insecure and that is why she blurts out things and then she's sorry. And I think that's very good insight. Um, and then for the last episode, um, I was at the beach seeing a friend and I had to drive 5Ks the day before just to get a little bit of network so that I could post up to uh, Dumpty Dum. And there was just a, about 30 sec seconds when I managed to get network. So I said, look, um, I've, I can't keep driving out. There's no network. So can somebody please tell me what's happening? And Stephen Bowden summed it up beautifully, said Susan was asked at no notice to host the drive time show on Radio Borsetshire, but turn it down to have a chat with Tracy instead. No news who on who ended up entertaining the commuters on their drive from Holliton Junction to Faircastle or from Felpersham to Little Croxley, <laughs> avoiding the roadworks at Rosalind in the Vale. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I think that's a great way to end the week. You're a very funny person, Stephen. Um, so, yes, thank you once again to everybody who got involved. Um, I'm hoping that Yokel Bear is feeling better soon. He's... Um, had a little bit of a knee injury um so i've taken over and especially not least because we are on school holidays at the moment 
so yes, you may get me again next week or you may get Yogle Bear. Who knows? Either way, uh, we'd love you to join us on Facebook. So until I speak to you again, hooroo. Thank you for that, Millie Bill. Um, that was um, awesome as always. And um, a proper insight into the uh, the thinking the thinking minds as opposed to the resting minds of our dumdy dummers on the book of face now uh kerry warbis you is yeah. big on twitter ain't you i right so why don't you hit us with some of your best tweets that you have spotted with your very own personage in the last seven days oh well i've gone a bit mad royfield uh this week i've got loads don't worry uh, i think it's only about seven but um so i'll whistle through them i've got uh, the first one was from from um, Madding Crowd, who's at further from on the Twitters. I like this one. Bloody hell, Susan, you work in a shop, just buy some paracetamol and get on with it. Rather than make a brew out of nettles and beans, that was. Um, yeah, the next one is East of Dulwich, who is at East underscore of underscore Dulwich on the Twitters. Could it be more interesting if one of the characters took magic mushrooms? Well, wasn't that discuss? Wasn't that kind of like Ed Grundy circa two thousand and five? Yeah. Um, then we have another from Griselda Strange, who's at Morrissey Girl on the Twitters. I reckon Will will be loving this lockdown. Kids all at home, living off the land. Shotgun on his lap as he sits <laughs> on a rocking chair drinking homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a redneck at all, is he, Will? <laughs> <laughs> Much? Yeah, Peter, what were you going to say? No, I just felt very scared there for a moment, the thought of Will with his shotgun, I don't, you know, and those poor children. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we have Pajama Llama, who is at Shaz Llama. Um, oh, this has got a bit of a sweary word in it. Maybe I won't say that. Anyway, she's put working class people are unable to use words longer than two syllables. Boils my piss. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, this is a nicer one from um, Olympians. It was a bit of an interaction, this between Olympians and the archers Lyca. Uh, Olympian said, can't imagine Brine doing an online quiz. And then Archer's Lyca says, more an on-wine quiz for the Aldridges, I suspect. Quite liked that. Mm. Um, and then, so Tweet of the Week. This is from I'm Buddish, who's also known as A Bit Buddish. And I know I've used him before, but he's very good. So this is Rebel Freddy. Look, you can't fight the cistern when your entire family are an institutional part of the system. Now, you see, like, when you come out of clever, uh, clever, clever tweets like that, <laughs> it's all over my head. <laughs> Don't be silly. System. I know. Part of the system. I know. Royfield, you're not that dumb. I am, you know. I, I'm, I'm very dull. I'm very dull and not bright at all. But thank you, uh, for the tweets, as always, uh, Miss Warbis. I, 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 I saw that tweet. Did you? I, I saw that tweet, and I will confess I did waste about two and a half minutes trying to trump him with a better uh, toilet-based play on words, and then gave up and stomped off and did something else. 
Dumdydum.com, folks, go there. It's got awesome things on there. You can actually go onto dumdydum.com and you can see all of the uh, Friday Zooms. They're all there and uh, you can go watch them. It obviously links through to uh, to good old YouTube, but, but, but they're all there. You know, relive the glory of us speaking to Tim Bentink or Anya Silvinsky or Annabelle Dowler or, or, or of um, Susie Rids. You know, all of the actors who we've had on uh, basically through through the lockdown, you can get them all by going on to dumbydum.com. Uh, good news is the shop, the store, I think it's kind of three quarters back open. Um, obviously, uh, seasoned listeners of this podcast will know that Kerry, I and Peter uh, aren't sat in a, in a back bedroom full of... Um, mountains of t-shirts and mugs uh, but it's actually third-party companies all dotted around the globe uh, that basically send out this stuff to you they print it then they send it out uh, on your say so when you hit that uh, button on our shop uh, now the covid's the coronas are kind of mostly over and i do know that um, one listener who purchased something um, a couple of months ago just got it last week so um i think you can safely go back onto the dumdydum.com store or for, for the americans or shop for the brits and uh, purchase a mug which says dumdydum and it's just a nice way of giving us a little bit of support um patreon is uh, another way which you can help support this podcast we're giving us two dollars per show you don't need uh, an american dollar account uh, what it does um, it says, right, this is exchange rate right here and now. If you have sterling or maybe Australian dollars or pesos or drachma, hmm, no one has drachma anymore, but you get my point, right? Whatever currency uh, you have in your bank account, um, Patreon does a conversion and then gives us $2 per episode. And it's just a nice way of saying your support for the, for the podcast and helping us to keep the lights on at Dum De Dum Towers here. And uh, now Kerry's going to read out the next bit because it is in red. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. Or you can text your message to us by starting your message with DUMB to 077 862 Um Twitter is where... A lot of the relationships which have been core to Dum De Dum actually started. Uh, you can find Yokel Bear on Twitter by typing in Yokel Bear. You can find us where we're at Dum De Dum. Kerry is found at at Kerry Warbis. What's Someone's that banging yeah. next door. My neighbour's putting up a <laughs> shelf all of a sudden or something. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Peter, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Pete Fickling. I was I was desperately trying to find a, if I could get a, like a WAV file of a peacock then, but um, I wasn't quick enough. <laughs> when 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 Kerry was doing her sound effects, uh, Peter, there's always next week, sir. There's always next week, and I can be found at Royfield. Um, not exactly central to the whole Dum Dum experience, but, but but pretty important is is Facebook. I know there's a lot of Archers fans are on facebook and i like to do things on facebook and um, a lot one of the things i like to do on on facebook is talk about the archers if you like to talk about the archers and you're on facebook and you're not part of the the dum dum group why don't you just like type in dum dum and become part of dum dum on 
Facebook. Ooh, um, that that's us. Um, that's me. Anyway, I'm just about done. Are you done, Peter? Um, yeah, perfectly. Uh, how about you, Kerry? I bet you still got more vim and verb in you. I bet you can go for another half an hour. I can, and I'm bracing myself for Adam. Oh. Um. <laughs> oh, I just, I just withered. <laughs> Well, listen, I'm going to leave you to him because I'm off. Right. Uh, I'll see you all again. uh, Same time, same place, same bat channel. And oh, and don't forget, um, I think we're going to cook up a little a little surprise, a little something, a little bit of extras on the Zooms for all those people that really enjoyed those uh, Friday uh, meetups on Zoom and on YouTube. I must admit, I I love doing them. Um, It's kind of silly to completely throw the whole format to one side if there is a demand and it seems like there is so um stay tuned for info about further zoomage bye 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 bye